it'll be in Ultimate Warriors Corner today. No way he's going to be on the side of the match man, Randy Savage. Look at Welcome to WPC Smash, your stop for wrestling and pop culture smash together. I am Ian, this is Mike Moran, and this is Hipster, and we are going to immerse you into our world of wrestling, sports, fantasy sports, music, movies, and pop culture. Alright, WPC Smash, episode 6, how we doing today boys? Pipster, what's up brother? Not too much, getting ready for this awesome show. How's it going Mike? Yeah, yeah, episode six, the Sinister Six. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's just get into it, guys. Like, How's it going? I like the Sinister Six aspect. Um, you're going to need to be a heel in this episode with the pay-per-view we got last night, dude. Um, but we watched WWE Battleground. We got a couple other things going on, a little bit of San Diego Comic-Con small portion of fantasy football and destiny and definitely a full show for everybody this week so let's get right into it mike did you watch the pre-show for battleground i did i did watch the pre-show for. tell me what you liked about it um i can tell you what i didn't like is let's get to the most important facts first the reminders of all the commercials of hey Order the show that you're watching right now, the pre-show for. But um, you know what I did like about it was, uh, I guess, the one match we got, um, which was Aiden English versus the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger. Um, I believe, just like we've talked in in uh, episodes past, that just kind of a normal pre-show match, and it did what it needed to do. There was really no rhyme or reason be- behind it. I don't know what wwe's planning but um it was a good way to like bring down two of your upcoming guys (laughs) like at the same time i thought that too but (sighs) i was honestly surprised that um aiden english won i was very surprised that aiden english won to be honest with you but to me it didn't seem like even him winning benefited either one of those guys yeah because the whole time you're reveling in Aiden English's win like oh man he's a good wrestler he's got a good gimmick I'm happy to see him win it's at the you know the behest of Ty Dillinger who right. you also want to see win yeah and, and in the middle of that match I was really thinking like in my head like these guys honestly should go back to NXT they had a lot more going for him in NXT the hype was there you know when the VOD villains got brought up and the hype was there I thought the, the perfect vibe 10. were great dude even when the perfect 10 got brought up I was all about it like Absolutely. perfect spot at the Royal Rumble number 10 people but were waiting they're for just it. not doing anything with him right now I mean I guess it will make it look better in the future if they decide to do something with him but this match was just like all right two you know two lower card guys gonna just fight out for no reason at all let's see who wins the competition here yeah man it was like it was a struggle for me like these guys i want to see both of them win and for totally different reasons so i get that one of them had to win and one of them didn't but i just didn't think that they should have been booked together right now at least after aiden english winning 
the week before. Like, had he lost, like, it just didn't, it just didn't really seem to fit for me. You know what I mean? It was, it was definitely a poor way to start. Like you said, tons of commercials, like WWE's riddled with this stuff. Um, and I, I just really, I struggle to get where they're coming from with some of these ideas in those in that card say like the b-rated right you know card yeah. guys like really that was the best idea you could come up with yeah but either way i mean it was a pre-show match and it got the crowd warmed up and it did what it needed to do but like i said i'm i'm not a fan of all the commercials during the pre-show like i know what i'm watching it for um other than that can we get just right into the main card you know Absolutely, the New Days versus the Usos. The Usos coming in as the champions. Man, the SmackDown tag team titles, blue, very blue. Yeah, those SmackDown tag team titles. It's not paranoia, <laughs> dude. It's the Us. Us. The Usos. The Usos coming as the champs, man. They look good, dude. I mean, every time I see these guys, there's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing great about it either, man. What do you think about those guys? About the Usos? Yeah. I mean, I've said this in prior episodes. I think they got it going on, man. I do like them. I quite enjoy them. But I feel like there's a little bit of boringness, maybe. Nah, not for me. This match was better. It was more than what I expected. And that's kind of like what I was going to get into. Um, yeah. You know, this both teams look good. I thought this match was cool. They did sweet moves. Um, the Usos gave Kobe, Kofi the uh, double power slam on the floor towards mm-hmm. the beginning. Knocked him out for a little while. Dude, Most I thought that was, that's a cool spot, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, he did the trust fall off the top rope, which didn't work in his favor. Well scouted by the Usos. They caught him in midair and straight up gave him a hard power bomb right on the floor. Um, took Kofi it was good, dude. It out good. of the match. So then Spotlight goes on Mr. Woods, Xavier Woods, someone who, you know, has been documented on a, on this podcast as someone we see on the rise. So Absolutely. this was his opportunity. Let me tell you, he was taking a lot of damage um, from the Usos straight up. There he got like, his moves in too, though. Like, he you know, did. And he teased them too. And, and the teases that were false. Oh, they look good because he took a oh, beating on the end of them. He can sell, too. He definitely got Xavier the total package. And it was alluded to that, you know, the Usos are more of the high-flying type. So that's why, you know, they had Kofi and Xavier Woods. They they left Big E, who was just a cheerleader on the side. They didn't need the muscle. They needed the speed and they needed the agility. I like that would. point, man. Yeah, and – um. You know, Xavier Woods, I don't know if you noticed, but this move was sick. It was tight. It was keeping it tight. It was that spin out, almost like a Canadian Destroyer type powerbomb face plant. I don't even know what to call it. But yeah, it was like move, a weird like Canadian Destroyer with was, the guy facing the wrong way. It was like, definitely awesome. Dope, dude. But People then, be watching it on YouTube for fucking... Oh, for sure. This whole match, you know, um, and definitely the Usos were playing... You know, the heel role, but they were doing 
just fundamental tag team cutting the ring in half, even though they didn't really have to because Kofi was out. Kofi was just out. He, so he spent a lot of time sleeping by the So they had him sure. in the in the in the Death Valley driver position and they ran Xavier Woods right into the turnbuckle. That was a, a nice spot that I like to see. Um I like that a lot then, too, man. And another spot that I noticed was Jimmy Uso, you know, he laid the half crap on quite a few times. And I thought that was cool to slow things down. Most definitely, um that half crab though was supposed to be a tequila sunrise. But they could not, if you notice, they could not scoop the hand. At one point, yes. They could not get the hand in, which is part of the move. The first part of the move is you wrap up the hand underneath your knee. And they couldn't get that properly. So even the camera guys were zooming in on Xavier's face. And and good for him and good for uh, Us for selling it properly. The facial expressions is what really, you know, made that move work. Because it, it, it didn't go off as well. But then, you know... I thought there was it was the most excellent hot, observation. There was just right there. hot reactions for this match. It's a Philly crowd. So if you go back to last episode, that's a Philly crowd. Yeah, you know, yeah. our spotlight match of the week last week was about Philly crowds. But this battleground, I don't think it was that type of Philly crowd. They weren't into the but card. For, but for this match, it was. A lot of false finishes. You know, um, yeah, I noticed that too. Like, I yeah. literally had a note that said a lot of sweet false finishes, definitely like believable. Yeah, dude, like you didn't know what was gonna happen. And then Xavier Woods finally, after trying once, got the big walk across the top rope, springboard yeah. elbow, and it was a long one too, like three oh, quarters yeah. of the way across the ring. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was beautiful, and I loved it. And I was very, very surprised with but, the finish. Yeah, but before we get to the finish, he tried for that springboard elbow, which I'm not sure if we've seen before. And oh, he yeah, got yeah. rocked with that super kick. I haven't seen him miss oh, it my. like that and really take that good super kick to that the face. That was awesome. It that was, was super definitely cool, an awesome move. But then, you know, the match progresses. Kofi kind of wakes up. Um, Comes out of nowhere to make a little they do, false finish like you yep, talked about. Yeah. They do their backbreaker stomp, which was pretty good. But, you know, again, false finish. So then the match gets back to your classic tag team type match. But as you said, he went to the well one more time, went three quarters across the ring with that nasty, awesome elbow drop. Dude, it's a legit elbow Most drop. Most definitely. Like, not many people laid out there like that. And I'm going to be honest with you. There's three guys that come to name when I think of an elbow drop, and that is obviously number one, the Macho Man, who was the king of the elbow drop. yeah. Cream of the crop. The cream of the crop, baby. And number two is a surprising Eric Young. That man lays down a phenomenal top rope elbow drop. Phenomenal. You know who I'm going to throw out there for a phenomenal elbow drop if you've been watching NXT? Let's hear it. I apologize. I don't know his new NXT name, but Patrick Clark throws out a crazy awesome elbow drop. Does he? I'm sorry again. I don't know what his NXT name is. I just know him as Patrick Clark. Look it up. Look it up. He throws throws an awesome elbow drop. Dude, I'm... But I digress. So Xavier Woods... Let's see him put it through it, dude. But Eric Young, Xavier Woods... Big, big, and he does the big step yeah, Zach out. Ryder. Zach Ryder, too. It's he throws okay. the L bro drop. Woo, woo, woo. He throws it out there. It's, and, and like you said, there's people who throw the elbow drop out there, and then there's people who are scared. 
Yeah. Straight up. You, you can Absolutely. tell. There's people who lay it out like like it was written in time by the Macho Man. That's how you're supposed to do it, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Point <laughs> to the sky and lay it out there. So baby. like you said. Xavier Woods yes. does it proper. Yep. He does it proper. And he gets the clean one, two, three. New day of the new champs. New day. New tag team I was champions. very surprised, man. Were they you? Are, um, yes and no. Because the New Day are the longest reigning champs, tag team champs in WWE history. You think they want to prop in up history. those SmackDown titles? I think so, you know. And those SmackDown titles really have been moving around a lot more than they the Raw titles. They have been. And it just makes sense because it's believable for the New Day. So that was definitely awesome. The crowd was definitely into that match. It was a cool man. It was a good intro match. I liked it. Um, and we jumped right into, you know, another hot match, which was Nakamura and Baron Corbin. They've had a long feud going. We've seen them go at it back and forth. Mm -hmm. It was a grudge match per se. Um, and you know, was this the payoff match for these guys? Probably. I don't see, I hope not. I, I see, I don't see them wrestling into SummerSlam and I hear you on that. I hope not because they could do more. Um, but I got a little, I felt a little, I've seen it before during mm-hmm. the match. Tell me what you were thinking. I was thinking um, at first when I started watching the match, I felt like it was just a bit sloppy. And this is just me really picking it out. But there was a point where you could see clear as day Baron Corbin speaking to Nakamura. Is that camera guy's problem though? Whoever's in charge of back? It's it's just a whole or thing. Or was so, it just so bad? That's what I'm saying. Like I don't want to pick it apart too much because as the match went on, I was like, you know what? This is just a good heel versus face striking brawl. You know, Corbin being a former Golden Glove winner, he knows how to strike. And Nakamura is the king of strong style, which is AKA strikes. But what I was wondering during that match is Nakamura's entrance more over than his in-ring ability? Because I think that's all the fans really like about him. And that's what I noticed. I was like, this is the... That's f- all I like about him in the WWE. Th- exactly. If you, if you exclude Nakamura's past, yeah. which he's had great matches in Japan with guys like AJ Styles, you know, Kenny Omega. But So the potential's there, but is he doing it right now in the WWE where it totally convinces me that this guy's a superstar? Absolutely not. Right. I haven't seen anything like that. You know, I saw that this match was boring. I thought I I felt like I've seen it before. I felt like Mm -hmm. both guys were physical, but not physical enough for me to really take notice. Not Ishii Sabata physical. Like, not... Just not physical enough for me to be like, wow, like these guys are really laying it in there. And And, and honestly, it felt like a boring big man style to me. There were a few things that stuck out. There was a sweet clothesline by Baron Corbin where Shinsuke took this sweet like, he took a sweet like DDT style like head bump. I thought that was really cool. That was a good spot. Um, But there wasn't, it was very slow. It was definitely very physical and more of a match that I would like to see out of the WWE. But just for those two guys, it wasn't physical enough for me. Yeah. Um, Baron Corbin got the blatant low blow for the win. 
I expected yeah, something like that. I, I had, didn't. I expected him walking away for a count out. Were you thinking there was going to be a real finish for I this thought, match? I definitely thought there was going to be a real finish. And it did? was kind of a letdown because as the match went on, I was like, all right, they're working into it. It's a slow beginning. But yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're definitely working it. You know, a lot of stiff moves. Um, I liked how Corbin Everything was good, dropped was out clean. of the ring and spun around, dropped right back into the ring. I believe that's the clothesline spot you were talking about where yeah. like Nakamura was folding in half. I'm like, all right, they got me now. But then, boom, for the cheap finish, I was like, oh, I'm let down because they Dude, started to start a great match. I don't want to say it again so early in the, in the um, podcast, but it very clearly says it was very predictable and what I expected for a cheap finish. Ugh. Almost exactly what you just said. Yeah. And, you know, we have been watching they had me. the product for a long time. And there was a lot of good things in the match, which they are, you know, Shinsuke and Baron Corbin are specifically responsible for. But that finish, the obvious low blow, everything like that, it was just really tough for me to, like, enjoy all the different things that go along with everything, you know? Um I'm I'm happy that Baron Corbin didn't lose all right. per se. He got that heel. He Yeah, it was all good. Went. Everybody walked right. away looking strong, which was fine, but right. boring. Which is basically what we can get down to. Right. Um I honestly thought that the next most important thing coming up was the video package that we got from the women's title match. Did you watch that? Yeah. It was awesome, dude. It's about feeling that glow, baby. One of those, besides the Naomi and the glowing title stuff, <laughs> it was definitely one of the better video packages that I'd seen in a long time, you know, besides WrestleMania, maybe, since WrestleMania. Yeah. And Kudos. <clears throat> very good, man. It got me jacked up. I watched it. I was excited. It was a great package. Whoever was responsible for that deserves, you know, the kudos. And they too got sweet, ski, bro. Absolutely <laughs> too sweet from your bros here at WPC Smash, man. And the next note that I have is the light up title is awful. You think, dude? It looks like a toy. You think? What do you think about it? I think from a marketing standpoint, we're gonna see one one day, and someone's gonna buy it. I think. Um, Who? Uh, somebody, you're not right. me. I mean, you're right. if some, my daughter wants it, I'll buy it for her. But the blow up I, title for three hundred dollars? <laughs> oh, maybe not that much, yeah. but you know, they'll make a twenty dollar version at Toys R Us. Yeah, yeah. that's different. Right. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, I don't know if they really needed Naomi on um, the commentary for this match. She, she didn't, didn't add anything much. to commentary. And if you really pick it apart. She's supposed to be the super face. She wasn't saying things that faces should. But we'll get more into the match. So, you know, we have this match. It's a five-way elimination. It's a big match. Everybody, you know, has their best ring gear on. They're ready for the show, you know. um, And it's a big deal. The number one contender for for the title at SummerSlam. Like, this is going to be a match at SummerSlam. And, you know... They, these five girls are really going to work hard. They've they spent a lot of time all year, you know, really spending a lot of time working this for this moment. You know, SummerSlam's number two. You know, you can't choke when number two comes around. You know, it's really... SummerSlam is 
the show. The you show. Know? It's and the second I, highest show besides WrestleMania. And I was super happy to see Natalia win, to be honest with you, to jump to the end. Um, there was <laughs> yeah. a lot of BS, and I'm going to say Definitely that was. Lana has the best ring gear in wrestling right now. I quite enjoyed her entrance mm-hmm. and her ring gear in general. Not only was it the most eye-appealing, but it was the most eye-appealing as far as ring gear goes. Most definitely. I um, enjoyed it. So, for that match... Lana was the best... As soon as she walks to the ring, I wanted her to win. Yeah, I think she's trying to prove something because I think, just like myself and um, probably the women in the locker room, they're like, who are you? You were a manager. And she does some good moves. She takes some bumps. So, I think she's trying to prove herself. I'm not really sure what they're doing with the... The whole Tamina aspect of it. But, I know. Uh, I was surprised to see a li- uh, Tamina get eliminated first. Um, Becky did that sweet disarmor, eliminated yep. her. Then Lana jumped in and quickly gave her the disarmor as well and eliminated her. So we're down to three real quick. And all of a sudden, right away, Natalia jumps in and rolls up Becky, who's not expecting it. Right. And all of a sudden, we're down to Charlotte and Natalia. Which I am super excited about yes, when those two are too. standing across the ring from each other. Great competitors, excellent, excellent wrestlers, like top, top wrestlers. I'm very, very excited to see what happens. And honestly, either one who wins, I'm happy to see in the title picture at SummerSlam. Most definitely. And, and you know, it's about time. To you be know, they sometimes they sometimes you. give Natalia her due, but it lasts very briefly. Yeah. And this felt more real. You know, so they're standing there, Charlotte and Natalia standing across from each other. Charlotte hits that sweet power bomb, uh, where she picks up Natalia from the ground. She struggled a little bit towards the oh, top. But it was believable. We, we've seen Roman struggle with that, and it was definitely, in my opinion, more believable than those times with Roman. Um and then later on, Charlotte hits that beautiful moonsault. Mm-hmm. She has a six, like, BME, best moonsault ever. Yeah. Like, Christopher Daniels is going to have to hand that quotation over soon. <laughs> because his is good, but hers is great. Most I definitely. loved it. I liked the way she did that beautiful, big, spread out moonsault, knowing she was going to catch the knees at the bottom, which she did. Oh. And um, Natalia pinned Charlotte with a quick roll-up after that, man. I loved it. I was happy to see Natalia win. And I hope she wins the title. You know, that's yeah. my Me too. goal. It's, it's that's... about time. It's due time. She put pays her due. She is. She should get that run in, too. She's the like best. A... She yes. really is She's the so best good. in the ring. She'll make anybody look good. Natalia wins. She'll face Naomi at SummerSlam. And that's a big deal, dude. Like I said many times, number two show of the year, mm-hmm. and Natalia's going into face with Good you know for, for the title. Kudos, kudos. I hope she wins, man. Great, great spot. Coming up quickly after that was Kevin Owen and AJ Styles. They did a little video package, something that you've seen many, many times before. Um, it was a great match. I loved it. We've seen these guys wrestle before. It wasn't anything that I didn't expect. Kevin Owens is going off in the ring. Running his mouth like he mm-hmm. always does, you know, and making a spectacle out of it, which worked. Um, I watched it instead of taking notes. It was a, it was a legit, Honestly, straight up wrestling same. match. It looked back and forth. Everything looked good. There was nothing to complain about. Nothing super exciting to write about. But everything made sense to me. Most definitely, I thought something was pretty cool when um, 
Kevin Owens like inadvertently threw AJ right into the referee. I thought that that bump in that spot looked believable. Um, it definitely looked pretty cool in the way Absolutely. the announcers uh, pulled it off. Like, oh, you know, uh, Kevin was just throwing AJ. He didn't realize the ref was there. So it I was thought, different. It I was thought that bump different. was definitely cool. Absolutely. Man. Uh, but like you said, it was a classic, typical um, Kevin Owens brought what he brings to the table. AJ Styles brought what he brings to the table. Yeah. But once again, I, I personally, if we can just fast forward a little bit. Disappointed with a little shady ending, you know. Yeah, dude, I was very, very surprised. I get that it was controversial, so both guys look strong, but we already got that from Nakamura and Baron Corbin, you know, very recently in the show, and it just. I don't know, man. I was disappointed. Like, dude, AJ should have ran with that title for a while. Um, I think they kind of swerved everybody because of all the news that was going around the internet with them having too many anti-American heels and them trying to change Kevin Owens' Kevin Owens's gimmick and just be really being like, just really being way out there with you know all that kind of information as far as being backstage and secret and how the WWE normally runs their stuff. It was very out there and very obvious. So I was super surprised, to be honest, to see Kevin Owens win that title back. I would have never guessed it right off the bat. And I think it was a big swerve moment for WWE. And I don't think it was the right time, to be honest, for a swerve. You know, it was very... It just didn't seem like the right time at all for a title change. I thought AJ had a lot more to go with it. Talking about the whole United States title, you know, open challenge thing and doing the whole big deal about it before that pay-per-view. And it was just very, it was very surprising to me, man. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was uh, awkward, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, A lot of things went through my head because I overthink everything. They were saying that, you know, the only reason AJ won that title at Madison Square Garden was to boost his DVD. They needed some content for a DVD they're planning on making. Um, I really don't know where WWE is going to go with this. Are we just going to see the same match going into SummerSlam with AJ and Kevin Owens? Which will probably be a good match, but we've literally seen it three times now. I'd like to see something different. Yeah, man. I want to see some different stuff. Controversial. Especially coming into SummerSlam, you want to see something new, something fresh, a payoff match, something you're excited about. And nothing about that feud gives me any kind of excitement, Um, Mm -hmm. which cleanly segments into uh, Cena and Rusev. Nothing about this feud excites me. Me either. There's a flag match. It's kind of boring. It's a standard flag match. You know, it's slow. It's hard to watch. And honestly, the whole concept I thought was dumb. I don't like the way it hangs off the side. I appreciate that they tried to show that the importance of the match was putting the flag in there later on. You know, John Cena would clearly walk away from Rusev to go get the flag because he knew he had to get the flag and hang it, you know, in the steps to to win. And I thought that that was cool, but it wasn't enough for me. It was... It was very boring. The AA um, from the flag stand through two tables. Cool spot. Good way to end it. Yep. Predictable. Cena wins. Very surprising. Right. I, I I liked the match, but nothing about it got me excited. Most definitely. You in the same boat? Yeah. Um, 
it was a good match, and I was surprised to see that Rusev got more of, of, of his hits in. You know, he was definitely giving it to John Cena, which Absolutely. was cool to see. Good for Rusev, you know, because he needs that more at this point in his career than Cena needs beating Rusev. Yeah. Uh, but some of the things, like you said, a little boring, and, you know, John Cena crawling on his hands and knees, doing the army crawl, not believable because Cena's been, you know, unbeatable and, and just this powerhouse, and then all of a sudden he's like, taking three minutes to crawl up the stage like i was like all right guys a little bit dramatic yeah i thought everything went a little too far as far as that goes you know we got the the standard john cena win and you know we'll see what happens what they do with him with SummerSlam. they could kind of go a bunch of ways with that most definitely jumping in next we got a match that i was actually excited about but didn't as much deliver and it's not by the fault of the competitors it was uh mike mike Canellis and Sami Zayn. I thought that, you know, these two guys are superior wrestlers, that they had could have a great match. Not so much a classic match, because you never expect these guys to get great time with this. But, um, you know, I thought it was good. I thought that Mike Kanellis and Maria really played their gimmick well. Mm-hmm. He wore the jacket out with Maria's face on the back. Yeah, kinda, and the pants, know, too. Ravishing Rick Rude style. That's exactly what I thought. Yep. He, nice. had, the, he had the kisses on the... Uh, on the tights there, you know, a la Shawn Michaels. A la Dolph Ziggler, I was also thinking, you know, and then, and then my mind went, where is Dolph Ziggler? I don't <laughs> where, know. Where, anyway. Where is he? Anyway, yeah. Ba- and back to the, the next biggest screw-up of how they let Dolph Ziggler, Ziggler disappear, you yeah. know, they yeah. let Mike Canellis lose uh, clean right in the middle of the wing. And I get that, um, you know, El Generico, Sami Zayn needed that win because he takes so many beatings. But come on, man. Right. Like, that wasn't the spot. And it's not my fault that you wasted all your ruthless, you know, non-finishes at the beginning of the card. But this was a yeah. match that certainly didn't need it. Yeah. You know, these guys needed a non-finish. They, they could do so, so much more. And I enjoyed, honestly, the little bit that we did get to see. I like that... Mike Canellis used Maria perfectly throughout the match. You know, he she was used as a distraction. He put her in the way of trouble. Yep. I mean, I thought it was phenomenal. These guys know their jobs, and they knew their spot on the card. They didn't do too much, but they did enough to be seen. And I saw him. Yep. You know, I, I dug it. Um, it was as expected. I was very surprised at the end, you know, to see Sami Zayn come up in the win. I... Completely expected Mike Canellis to get this win, especially having the outside hand and all the, you know, heel you know stuff that goes on. Right, tactics. Same as aim one clean in the middle of the ring with no questions asked, and I thought it was good, you know. And right yeah. again after that, they jumped into some commercials. You yeah. Wanna, you want to watch commercials during no. your pay per view, Mike? No, Curry? no, I pay my money. I, I don't want to see that. I know what I'm watching. I know what's going to be on the WWE Network next month, and that's why I still pay for it because I do like their original content, but you don't need to throw it, shove it down my throat. Put it on YouTube. Put it on Google. <laughs> yeah, put it on Facebook. Put, put it on it the else. commercials on Raw. Like, but don't put it on your it. network. Right. I mean, we're already paying money to watch your show, man. At that point, the guys on YouTube that are like you're trying to sell at the beginning during the preview, they're gone. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we jump into the main event. We, you know, a lot of controversy coming in. 
Punjabi prison match. Nobody's real excited about it, but people are like, I mean, I know I was like secretly like, are they going to do something different? I saw a, a few things in the match that really stuck out to me. Um, first off, you know, Jinder Mahal, the champion, coming in, facing mm-hmm. Randy Orton, Punjabi prison match. Um, it's explained by the announcers, but holy hell Pretty is good. it confusing anyway. Yeah, and they had to explain it. And they did a good job. They did a good job explaining it, and it was still confusing. You know, I thought it was a great match overall. They Mm. used the prison as a weapon really well. It didn't make a lot of noise. I was going to say that. It didn't really, like, you know, when you threw a guy into it, you didn't really feel the pain. Like you can on some. It didn't steel project cage well passes. to the home viewers. Absolutely, there were a few things that did. It was really big, it was really tall, and at the end we get a big bump <laughs> really off the tall. top of it, and yeah. you know, and that part looked good. You know, I thought Randy believably fought off three of the guys for mm-hmm. a while. Um, he was never fighting three on one. He was always going basically one at a time and kind of tossing each guy around, which I thought looked good. And finally, at the What's end, Kali shows up. Um, the great Kali. You know, he does the whole entrance, the whole spiel. You get to see all that stuff. And then how they do the finish where he's, like, holding his throat mm-hmm. through the Punjabi prison at the end. I mean, I dug that finish. It was cool. Yeah. You know, and then Different. he climbs up over. I think Mahal did a little too much showboating. He should have, like... Felt the 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 necessity to hurry up and climb over because mm-hmm. Randy's that ba, right. you know. Um, but I thought that was super cool. Jinder Mahal retained. I thought yeah. the biggest spot of the match was the bump by one of the Singh brothers yeah. off the side, which is always of the prison. His head snapped back when he hit oh, the uh, yeah the thing. It looked brutal, man. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite part of the match. Anything you know that you want to throw in there? You know, definitely I do, and. Um, you know, have your own opinion. Anyone listening, you know, have your opinion on Ginger Mahal. But something I take away from that from that guy is notice him when he comes out to the ring or when that matches are done. He holds that WWE Championship with respect. Now, really look into it because there are some times where he looks at his shoulder and makes sure he holds it up right side up. There's plenty of times where champions will hold their belt upside down and inside me I'm like, "Ugh, that's just that's I've just this that is disrespectful." But he yeah. checks and makes sure he holds it up the right way. So little things like that like we know he's kind of an up and comer and he has a great opportunity right now being the champ, but he holds that champ in regard and he brings up the fact that he is the 50th WWE champion. So that's very good. And I thought it was a big deal for him to yeah, talk about it like that. It most is definitely. A big deal. And then take a look at it. Like I said, like he holds that championship with respect. And that to me is very awesome because there are some champions who don't. And uh, as far as the match, I'm not a huge fan on the Punjabi prison match. Like they've had a two, I think two before that. And they're just like, eh. It's all right. But yeah, at best. <laughs> like, if they're going to bring something back, in my opinion, bring the blue steel cage back. Because the blue steel cage is just classic and awesome. But as you alluded to, I don't know if, like, maybe the ring wasn't reinforced the right way. Or whenever they were taking bumps, like, it didn't sound like it hurt. But if you look at the post-match interviews and stuff, like, Randy Orton had welts on his back. Like, he took a beating. Absolutely. You know, but 
the way it was presented, it didn't seem that way. Yeah, we didn't catch that through the screen. Right. So I hope personally that there's not any more Punjabi prison matches in my future. <laughs> yeah, but they I'm, can put that. I'm thing also in the not house. upset that they brought in Great Kali. Great Kali has been a mentor. It was a cool spot. To, um, you know, Jinder Mahal, they used to be riding buddies because he was the only one he could he could speak in their native tongue to. So that's definitely cool, and I don't hate on the great Kali. No, no, no. The finish didn't bother me. Um, I thought that overall it was, it was okay. It was expected, but okay at that point, you know. Um, it was a great pay-per-view, you know, in my opinion, 1 through 10. I mean, maybe I wouldn't jump straight to great. I'm going to go... Five. Straight five. five. Right. It was like middle of the road for me. Straight five, man. What do you think? Battleground. I'm thinking a six. six. I was thinking a six, and I was I am That's going, respectable. I'm going to say the opening match was the match of the night. I think so too. It was exciting, and I think the crowd fed it that way because it was a weird a Philly, Philly crowd. crowd that night. It was they only crowd. really had responses for that first match, and that's what made that match good for me. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm not upset or anything. Like, it is what it is. But I'm, now I'm ready for SummerSlam because that's the only thing forward for Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, no SummerSlam. more BS pay-per-views where they're yep. trying to fill time and, you know, spot fill type stuff. And I'm super excited for SummerSlam. And speaking of SummerSlam, that's a perfect segue into our Spotlight, spotlight match, match of the, of the week. week. Let's get into the Spotlight Match of the Week. Ha, ha, ha. SummerSlam 1992 main event. The Intercontinental title is on the line. We have the champion oh, yeah. walking into Wembley Stadium. Brett, the Hitman Hart. <laughs> the baby face of all baby faces. But he walks into Wembley with the only man in London who has any chance of winning over those fans in <laughs> the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. Mm-hmm. He is the diehard. English wrestler. They love him, but who can't love Bret Hart? You love this match, even though you don't know anything about it, and that's important, and that's what makes it a spotlight match of the week. You know, I chose this match because it holds a spot in my heart, and it's a spot that you'll always remember, and it's a match that you'll never forget. Uh, Vince McMahon and Bobby Heenan were on the mic on this night, it was the um, WWF title. It wasn't, you know, was not even the main event. It was the Intercontinental title this night on pay-per-view. That was the main event. This was a huge deal. You know, never had the Intercontinental title been more important on a card than the, the WWF title than it was that night in London. You know, if you got to be... Part of that 80,355 fans that were sitting in that crowd that, you know, enjoyed that spectacle. You saw, you know, magic before your eyes. And you'll never forget that moment. It was babyface versus babyface. We had a split crowd. Everybody loved Davey Boy. But everybody at the same exact time loved Brett. You know, it started with a big stare down at the beginning. We got all kinds of backstory with Brett's sister slash mm-hmm. Davy Boy's wife being the same person. Joanna Hart, you know, <clears throat> being in the middle of everything. And we got a lot of back and forth shots of her being concerned throughout the match for each 
individual, you know, which led a little bit, you know, more emotionally during the match, you know, where she started crying and she, Mm -hmm. you know, it was epic for her emotionally as it was for us, you know, so we got to see the big stuff. Yeah, I was actually going to ask that. Yeah. Like, I had no idea who she was. Um, <laughs> so the that, announcers kept referring over to her, but I didn't, I must have missed it. So that was, hear that was Brett's sister that. and Davy Boy's wife. Dude, I thought it was real like life a love too, triangle. Not like, not yeah, like, I, thought like, I thought like Bret Hart was like banging her, and so was <laughs> Completely the awesome. I thought it was some kind right. of weird love triangle. It was, it was a real life shoot Until as you the call ending. It. Yeah. Yeah, it looked good. Until the man. ending where they uh, like fully explained it. Yeah, so absolutely. You know, it was a big build up like beforehand <laughs> coming into it where like the family divide and now you like understand why they shook hands at the end because they're still family even right. though they've went to war to get together and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we see the big stare down. Brett pushes the bulldog and in my opinion establishes heel dominance. Yeah, but and what I'm thinking is they start this match like you said with the stare down, but then they go out a hundred percent. They just start start that chain wrestling, some traditional maneuvers, and obviously they know each other. Obviously they've trained in the hard dungeon. They're both well established, and it was it was weird to hear at that time because it was only 1992. But you know Vince and. Bobby the Brain Heenan were like, the veteran, Bret Hart. And it's like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I just figured out who these guys are back, you know, 1992. Was I seven years old, you know? And I'm like, veteran? What? But, but you know, anyway, um, they're, they're starting the chain wrestling, and I think they're going out full head of steam. But then as the match progresses, they really start – you can see, you know, they're getting tired. They slow down and they show you that definitely old style. Do. They show you the old style. Yeah, definitely old. Yeah. Awesome wrestling, super crisp, super stiff, super mm-hmm. believable. Yeah. I don't even know how many times I wrote in here that somebody made X move look believable. Most like it really happened yeah, and absolutely. that it really hurt. You know, that was yeah, something no, to me I, that was The thing was that important. I took away from it and appreciated is that uh, – Davy Boy looked really strong at the beginning. Like when you said they pushed each other, like Brett pushed him, but then Davy Boy like yeah, he, shoved him. He got it right <laughs> yeah. back. He, he got, got it right muscle. back. He's he like, you don't muscle. push me, boy. You the, don't push me. It got the crowd. It got the crowd in it right away. It was really cool. It was it's really a, good. It's important to establish that kind of stuff. And like the fact that even though it was so simple as Bret Hart pushing him first, the the bad guy always pushes first. No way would the yeah, good guy ever take that first swing. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really how it set up the match. You know, they both very much were good guys. But of the good guys, Bret Hart was a little bit better, you know, in my opinion. You know, I think Bret makes everything look great. Oh, yeah. It's I oh, really wish he wasn't so good. But just the, and like you said, makes everything great. And this is what I took away. Take a look at how he takes just a turnbuckle bump. Either it's to his back or to his sternum. Bret Hart was known for the classic JR. Sternum first! Sternum first! And I know I'm going ahead of myself, but even in that match, he takes the turnbuckle bumps so good. And he's so smooth with all the moves he does. Everything At one point, smooth. he gives the British Bulldog a bulldog. And that. it looks most definitely Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, man. Something he doesn't do all the time. Yeah, you got See, that? We all got no, in our nose because it's such a good yeah, move. Man. 
before we get too far into the match itself, at the very beginning, did you see the little kid with the uh, the Bret Hart like shirt on? And then, like, the dad was, like, sitting right next to him, and Brett gives his glasses to the kid. Yes. The dad didn't know what to do, because he's like, crap, I gotta be behind my boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, dating, yeah, dude. That was kind of classic like, Brett Hart move. Brett Hart would always do that baby face move where he'd give a little of kid in the crowd the glasses. And I know that, like, me and Mike of being, being the guys who, like, have loved this our whole lives. Like, I dream <laughs> to be in that kid in the crowd that Brett Hart would give his Absolutely, glasses but, to. Absolutely, but, like... It was the phenomenal. look on the father's face was just like it was yeah. priceless. You picked my like, kid, yes. I gotta be he wanted him. Smith. <laughs> it was right? good stuff. That was, was just fun, but and yeah, no. I like the execution, like you guys were saying, where it's absolutely fantastic throughout the match. And it's funny that you say that word, Peter, because you know Bret Hart is known as the excellence of execution. So in this match, that this is just a clear example of why. But then, you know, so we get this classic um, chain wrestling, just basic wrestling match. But then all of a sudden, it all looks so I started good. to scratch my head during the beginning so of um, Davy Boy's comeback. Was there a potential botch spot where he went for his overhead press slam, but he kind of drops Brett into the middle rope? I don't know if you guys caught that. He, um, huh. he drops Brett onto the middle rope and, and Brett like tangles up like he would and his foot was caught in the middle rope. I just thought that was kind of an odd spot because they were doing so good and, and like nothing they did seemed like it could be, you know, manipulated. But this move, it just maybe something slipped. But then all of a sudden, this was Davy Boy's comeback. He started coming in with the, the mean clotheslines and the long suplex where, you know, Bobby the Brain's counting oh, it out. he's holding him up. Yeah. And then they do the yeah. top rope suplex. The double clothesline you know? was sweet. So, and, yeah. then he, and the great part about this match, so we're already like minutes and minutes and minutes in. And like we said, they kind of slowed it down. But whenever Davy Boy did yep. a move, the crowd's behind him. Even a clothesline. And... You know, Davy Boy's really not a showboat, but he does the signal that I'm gonna power slam Brett. The yep. crowd comes the unglued. Comes unglued, you know. And again, classic match, false finishes. Um, I I was really sharpshooters. You know, I was really in awe watching this match. It was super smooth, back and forth. The first 15 minutes was like legit wrestling back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, Brett gave Davey a bulldog like we talked about. I liked it. A little bit of irony. Davey Boy jumped off the top rope. That was the biggest botch I saw. It was pretty ugly. Yes, yes. I had that pretty one. Pretty ugly, too. you know, coming down. It didn't look good. You like he he knew was, he, yeah. Maybe he knew he was going to miss. He was just but he scared. He does, it's not something yeah. that he does all the time. So he, so he crumbled up a little bit, and I didn't think that looked great. And, and that's more of an example of stay in your comfort zone. You know, but totally forget about that. You know, I thought it was stiff, realistic moves. We saw them all. You know, we saw literally, I think Vince even at one time said, we've seen every wrestling move that has ever been yes. done in the ring tonight. He said that, yeah. And, and he that, also said a hundred times, what a maneuver! <laughs> because it was each yeah. time, and I totally understand. He probably ran out of things to say. I was surprised to see Brett kick out of the running power slam. Mm-hmm. It was a little believable, mm-hmm. like, roll of the shoulder, but that's that's Davey yeah. Boy's finisher. And for him to kick out of that, that was kind of a big, big deal. We saw a big superplex. Mm-hmm. You know, Davey yep. Boy gave that to Brett. And these guys are really laying it out there. I, I At that point, yeah. you're so happy with the match that you don't care who wins. And there, to me, there was a surprising finish. You know, a tiny little sunset flip. 
Davy Boy yeah. rolls up Bret Hart and gets the win. Came out I of think, nowhere. I, I don't think like that. It. I don't like the finish. I'm not gonna pick too much into it because this is a classic, classic match. Right. But I think that something could have been done better with the finish. And I think if you had asked Brett, he would say the same thing. Yeah. You know, uh, but the Bulldog won. The crowd went crazy. They teased the handshake. We're still brothers. We're still family. They finally do shake hands at mm-hmm. the end. And the crowd goes even more crazy. And really yeah. just lights up in my mind that this was an epic moment that I just witnessed on WWE Network, man. I love most, it. most definitely very old school, very classic, very emotional, had the family involved, which in later years you'll see they keep bringing in that Hart family, but they're a prestigious family when it comes to wrestling. All in all, great match, great picking, and, you know, I enjoyed watching it. I actually ended up just watching that whole pay-per-view because that is just straight up a classic It's pay-per-view. funny that you said that. I was like about to said, say that. Like I you w- said, 80,000-plus, and me personally, I like long entrance ramps. I don't know what it does for me, but it just makes everything seem larger than life. Bigger. So every single person who came out, and, yep, like, you know, absolutely. classic in my head, Road Warriors coming out on their With motorcycles. With the bikes, right? the bat. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. And Money Inc. and Earthquake and Undertaker. Everyone. It was awesome, dude. Most There's definitely. good stuff on there. Yeah, so definitely what I took away from this event, not just this match. This was a, an amazing match. But this brings me back to when I was a kid and I used to watch this. I miss characters. Like, yes, today's I like wrestling, it seems too, like everyone's either. doing the same thing. You know, like Everybody's a greasy tweener. hair, jeans, black shirt. I'm gonna go kick your ass. I'm tougher than you are. Blah 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 blah. Okay. Back then, it was like I'm a tax. I'm an accountant, and you didn't pay your taxes, and I'm gonna beat your ass. Yes, or like right, I'm just man. a crazy ass. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> I like it, Peter. You know what I mean? Absolutely, like, bro. I yep. Miss the character, the fun. Like, that's, that's what made that's it what fun. That's what I love about my wrestling. dad. Looked like earthquake. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's I know what made times it change. Fun. I know times it... change, and you can't always continue with that. But dude, I fully damn, agree. You got to really dig made deep. Me miss that. You got to dig deep, Pete. It was there great, are some characters like, out there still. It was a great classic match, <sighs> and we're gonna and we're gonna dig deep every single week here at WPC Smash. And Mike, if you you know had a good idea for next week let's oh, yeah. fire it out there for everybody to know so they can take a peek and try to uh you know understand what's yeah. going on before we get to it yeah most definitely speaking of digging deep i dug i got my shovel and can you dig it sucker yes i can <laughs> that's deep i dug pretty deep because you know what i thought it was about time wpc smash gave wcw a little bit of love all right so i'm not gonna get too much into it i'll just give you what it is it is a monday night nitro match april 26 1999 sting Versus Diamond Dallas Page for the World Heavyweight Title. Ooh. So once again, that's April 26, 99. Nitro. Not a pay-per-view, ladies and gentlemen. It's a Monday Nitro. All right. TDP versus Sting. Check it out, and I look forward to talking about it next week right here on WPC Smash. Dude, that sounds awesome, bro. And let us know what you guys think about this match at WPC Smash on Twitter. Yay, yay. And now it's time, ladies and gentlemen, to smash this podcast with some pop culture. We got music, we got movies, we got comics, video games, collectibles, and more. Smash! 
Alright, yeah, we're gonna get into some pop culture news right now. Um, we got some Destiny 2 beta news. I know I downloaded Destiny it. I played, beta. I played just a little bit of it. I've actually played a little bit of it with uh, Pipster over here. Um, so I'm gonna kick it Heck over yeah, to you, did. Pip. What did you take away from this beta? Okay, so basically what I took away from it, it's not all positive. It's not really negative, um, but it kind of didn't give me enough. It gave me some, but not really enough. So what it came with was uh, two maps in Crucible, one for, I think, the control game, right? Or the countdown, countdown game, which is kind of like Search and Destroy. Right. And uh, yeah, and then, so the Crucible is okay. I'm not really a Crucible player anyway. The 4v4 felt a lot slower, but it also felt more tactical. So almost like a Call of Duty level competition thing. I can see where they're trying to enter esports. Um, but I don't know how far they're going to get away. It's like supers took too long. The grenades felt like they took forever to come around. Like, I don't, I don't know why, but the grenades were not recharging as fast as I'd like. Um, but me, Mike, uh, we really played the strike. We got into that a lot. Um, so basically it was, it was better than the old strikes. I'll give them that. So I do have a lot of hope for the story and for the raids and also for the strikes. Uh, this one had three levels. Uh, well, once you get to like the quote-unquote boss room, it had three levels. So, the first level, um, I think we did what? First level, second level, we made it to the third and we died, right? Yeah. The floor is lava. Okay. That's what I remember so, about it. It took us a little bit to kind of figure out what was going on, but we got the hang of it and there's a it's a combo. So, the first one was right. void damage because his back yep. is purple. Shit, to change all your equipment up. If you're smart. Exactly. <laughs> and then the ground dissolved and you fell down to the second level and it was uh, fire or scorch or whatever it's called, right? Solar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah, you have to yep. kind of jump off because of hot lava, hot lava floor. The floor is lava. Um, and then, Get on a pedestal if you can. <laughs> but uh, then you fell to the last and, of course, that was the last one. Um, shock or whatever it's called. So it was good. But I wanted a lot more, and I knew I wasn't going to get it, so I was kind of played it once, and I kind of just stopped. I'm like, you know what? I'm good here. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to get bored. Uh, what was your takeaway from it, Mike? You know, I really took away the fact that it was like this feels and kind of plays like Destiny 1, just a little bit slower. Not a lot yeah. changed. Um, there were some things that changed in the character uh, settings, which I wasn't yep. – completely a fan of they changed the layout of like your power-ups and in, in, uh, all powers, that so i was yeah. a little confused but i was like the way that it plays when i'm playing it it seems still like destiny to me and um i heard that there was supposed to be a social space maybe for a limited time i unfortunately yes. didn't get to play it did you get to play any of I that didn't either i wanted no, to family. really uh ride my light cycle or whatever you want to call it in that game sparrow <laughs> they call it Sparrow, I call it, yeah. I call it, it was the farm. Man. That's the social space is a farm. So you got to see some chickens and stuff. Oh, there's a soccer field. The, the social space the social space that I saw was like here by the game. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I pre ordered exactly, it. Right? So whatever. Yeah. Um, so So you know, I'm still gonna get the game. I pre ordered it for a reason. And um you know, with that, um let's play an Xbox, you know, yeah, another pretty. game that I'm I'm really into right now. Yeah, I'm really into for, it. Yeah, well, you know, I'm looking forward to Destiny. We'll wrap that part up. It comes out uh, yeah. September 29th, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. September 6th. 
September 6th. Yeah, I'm completely wrong. So that was way that's right. I'm way off, dude. <laughs> but that's okay. That's you know, I was hoping I was hoping for more time because I'm really into this game, Marvel Heroes Omega. Um, I know Marvel we talked Heroes about it Omega. last week that I was going to dip into it, and here's my follow-up. I did dip into it a little bit more. Um, I found out that currently there is a thing going on where you can get a VIP status, and VIP status gives you 5% upgrade on EXP and uh, weapon upgrades and also gives you, and Pete, this answers your question from last week, yes, there is Nightcrawler. Yeah. Because if you make any, yes. any purchase in the... I use Xbox, so any purchase in the Microsoft Store or you know PlayStation Store or what have you, you automatically yep. get VIP. So looking at it, I could have bought G's, which was in-game currency for ten bucks, or for sixteen bucks, yep. I could have got Deadpool. Uh, scratch that. Nineteen bucks for Deadpool. Sixteen bucks for War Machine. <laughs> I went for War Machine, and then I got the VIP status and Nightcrawler. Now I'm ripping through nice. the game, having nice, tons nice. of fun. Um, you know, all the elements are, uh, I don't even know the right word, destructible, yep. blow-upable. You know, I'm picking up cars as a uh, war machine, blowing everything up, using flame flowers, and, you know, the game is <laughs> so, just really, yeah. really fun. Right now, I, I, my, mine is uh, uh, Black Panther. He's my, my He's my boy right now. I love freaking playing him. Uh, yeah. He's great. He's ranged and close quarter. Like he's powerful on both ends. So I like that a lot. His evade is really cool because he turns invisible, so you can kind of walk around. The one thing that kind of surprises me is I don't ever remember or wanting to want a freemium game. You know, it's free up front, and you get to pay to unlock things. Yeah. But this game is so well done, and it's so good that I don't mind putting a little money down to the developers just to say, "Hey, you did a good job. I get a little stuff back." That's awesome. I like that. So I kind of like that model now. I never thought of it. It would be good this way, but it definitely uh, definitely is good. And it's awesome that you can do couch co-op as well yeah. as at the same time, as we know, you right. can play online can with your friends this? too. It's yep. weird though because it doesn't carry you through load screens. You got to kind of right. just follow them, but you still you stick. work so together. It must be all one universe. Yeah. So it must be all one universe that everybody plays in at the same time, which is insane to me because there's like zero lag. It's really right. fun. Yeah, because if your party and like, let's just paint the example. Ian and I are playing at my house couch co-op, and and Pete yep. is at his house playing with us. Like Pete said, if we travel into one room, we just have to say, "Hey, Pete, we went into this room." He goes in it, and he's in there with us because he's still in our party. Yeah. But it doesn't drag right. him like he was saying. It doesn't drag him, but it doesn't have all the other. Uh, playable characters within the universe when you're in that social space and when you are in that social right. space what i think is really cool because everyone's trying to be a different character you know you normally don't see a lot of the same characters unless it's um daredevil because he's the only free character so you see a lot of him running around but <laughs> the characters themselves when you run by no matter who it is like war machine will be like hey what's going on cyclops you know and deadpool yeah. is like hey how you doing, Jean Grey? You want to read my mind? And Jean Grey's like, no, Deadpool. I don't want to read your dirty mind. <laughs> you know, like yeah. all I, – I really like how the characters intertwine and communicate with each other. It's very cool, very cool aspect. Yeah, so one last thing. When you are in a party um, – and I'll kick it back to you, Mike. Uh, when you're in a party, it does show on your minimap as a different color. So just keep an eye on that. Like if you're in a soul space, like where are you? Where's my friend? Look at your minimap. They'll be green instead of blue. 
So yeah, yeah, I did notice that, but we stuck together most of the time. So you know, again, I'm gonna keep digging into this game. As I said, I bought some characters. I'm loving what you know. You just blow up everything and fight all the guys. It's really, really awesome. Um, so that's definitely a cool game. And speaking of games and pop culture, as we're in this segment, uh, San Diego Comic Con was this uh, past weekend. And there's a lot of news going on there, you know, a lot of comic news, a lot of trailer news, a lot of movie news, a lot of collecting news, uh, a lot of little bit of everything. Uh, Yeah, you know, I love the collectibles. Ian, what do you have on this This is San Diego Comic-Con 2017. And it is a big deal each year for especially guys like us who are into the games and the comics and the action figures. And all the other cool collectibles that come along with San Diego Comic-Con. You know, we didn't even get into remotely in that intro talking about all the trailers that we got to see this year. You know, this has become the premier spot for Marvel and Disney and Sony to put out their next-gen movie trailers. You know, stuff that's going to come out in the next year. And, you know, they did not disappoint you know, Mike, was there anything trailer-wise that stuck out in the top of your head? What was your favorite? There were so many. Tell me what your favorite trailer was and what you're most excited for. I had two favorite trailers, if I could be completely honest with you. All right, we'll call it a 50-50, and you okay. can give us two trailers. All right, first one was Stranger Things Season 2. Right the on. trailer yes, to me was, was my favorite. awesome, how they had thriller music in there, and I didn't even care what was on there. I just wanted to know when we were going to get it, because I'm looking forward to watching more Stranger Things, but I I liked how it mixed together. I like music. I like Michael Jackson. I like the way it was presented. That trailer was awesome. The second trailer I was awesomely interested in was Rocco's Modern Life. They're making a movie, (laughs) and the trailer that we got was awesome. It was a kind of reboot of the original intro, and they alluded to it. They're like, look at us. We're playing outside. And by us, I mean Rocco Filbert and Heifer, you know, they're playing outside like we used to do in the 90s. But nowadays, everyone's, you know, stuck on their damn phones. And Rocco looks around and says, hey, guys, we're not in the 90s anymore. Rocco's Modern Life (laughs) intro starts. And then now they're doing classic things that the new modern era does. They're eating at whatever it was called, Starbucks, Buzz Bucks, whatever you want to call it. There was the... The O store instead of the Apple store. And they're like, hey, guys, I got an O phone 9. And then O phone 10 came out and people were getting uh, trampled. It was a classic same animation. You know, Rocco's eyes popping out. They went to a 3D movie and Rocco got beat up by the movie because the 3D was so real. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like they said, it's so not question in about the that. 90s. Yeah. Why do you guys think after all this time that they decided to go with Rocco's Modern Life, you know, like not all our real monsters or Rugrats or and why do you think they picked Rocco's Modern Life? I think it was just more Delta oriented. Yeah. I think Rugrats okay. and our real monsters are on their way, but they're going to be geared yeah, towards another, per, another genre and you're not going to see it at Comic-Con. And I believe gotcha. it's because our generation who were 10 years old when Rocco was at the best <laughs> as it was demands this we want more and now that like we look at it as adults i have the complete series on dvd blu-ray whatever you want to call it 
And yep. the jokes that I didn't even understand as a kid are in there, and I love it even more now. And the same with Hey Arnold. Now, I wasn't huge on Hey oh, Arnold, yeah. but they're also getting a movie. Um, they did do a trailer at Comic-Con. To me, it didn't stick out as much as the Rocco one. Yeah. But, you know, they're definitely moving forward with We're some of those We're being real Nicktoons. specific by pick one. Do, of, right, right. Of the 30 yeah. trailers so stick, that we got to see. So coming in 2019. Really? Oh, that was face. That was face. There you go. All right, Peter. Yeah. Dude, San Diego Comic-Con. I know you saw at least a couple trailers. Tell me what was your favorite yeah. one and why. Favorite one is Stranger Things. It has to be. Like, at first, I kind of, like, shied away from it because I'm like, you know what? I want this to be a complete surprise. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Like, I kept resisting. And then people started talking about it at work. So I'm like, crap. I cannot avoid this. And then they're like, oh, nothing will ruin it. You know, it won't ruin it. And I'm like... All right, all right. So I watched it, and I was just like, oh, yeah, buddy. That is some good stuff right there, man. So uh, I am happy that I watched it. And, uh, like, uh, that, that classic voice from the, the thriller. Uh, what's that guy's name? I forgot his name, but the, the guy. I, I, I know what you're saying, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah and the either, zombies come out. It's just, it just like, I know so awesome. It's, like, from a time and place, and it's just. That's, that's and awesome. I think that's so, why that show has so much resolve with everybody is because it nostalgia. has that it has that nostalgia factor. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it's you know, cool, man. <laughs> those are cool, man. It was a great show, and I'm super excited for both of those. But for me, and it's kind of cool that we each had something different. For me, it was Thor. You know the new Thor okay. movie. Yep. Dude, I thought the trailer was dope. Right. I thought everything was exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought Thor looked good. I thought the Hulk mm-hmm. looked good. I was excited <laughs> to watch funny. that movie. I walked away and I was like, man, I need, I, I want to watch that trailer again, man. I was so excited. Yeah, that, and to be honest, like for me, not shower. even being a big Thor guy, <laughs> like that trailer out of everything yeah. I've seen was the most exciting to me. It got the most action, the most straight to the point. You know, and it just really made me want to watch that movie, you know. So I thought it was cool that we all picked something different out of all those trailers. There was a lot of other stuff that went on in San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to be talking about this kind of news and stuff for weeks. You know, there were exclusives that people are going to try to pick up. There was... You know, Spawn. Things, <laughs> things that you're never gonna, you know, hear about for the first time again, and they were all spouted out for the first time at San Diego Comic Con 2017. I thought it was a great show, man. And and like I said, we can specifically get into so much, but trailers. Yeah, news is gonna evolve was, as the weeks go on. I think trailers was the big thing this year, and also the amount of celebrities that took comic-con seriously you know everybody was there if you were a major part of a pop culture movie in the last year or in the coming year you were there because you know that was the spot to be to advertise your film to make your films money you know that to make yourself legendary and that's basically where i'll leave that off you know there was a lot of stuff at comic-con that made people legendary and we're never going to forget that stuff. No, absolutely not. I just want to add one last thing because before the next show airs, our show next airs, I just want to add a little PSA here. Uh, if you are into uh, McFarlane Toys and you are into Destiny, uh, supposedly, according to GameStop site, they're the only one where I could find a date, uh, their 7-inch Destiny action figures are coming out July 31st. So 
I'm not sure because other stores say August 2017, but just be aware of that. You know, attack your Target, attack your GameStop. Uh, Walmart and also Walgreens, for some reason, has these things coming out too. Like, they have exclusives. So, again, exclusives at Target, exclusive at Walgreens, exclusive Walmart, and exclusive uh, GameStop. So, just be aware that I've been actually hunting down Targets because I'm like, I really want these things, and I want some clerk to put it out too early. (laughs) <laughs> I want to take advantage of it, but it hasn't happened yet. So, there PSA. you go. That's cool, man. Yeah, man. And if I can stem off of you talking about toys, you know, um, I definitely like the toys. Uh, like collect. I'm starting to get into some collecting. But we got some WWE news. Uh, Mattel released with uh, partnership with WWE. They're actually going to put out a fashion line of the women superstars. So now, you know, little girls uh, like my daughter. She can get a Barbie that's essentially a WWE superstar rather than just getting an action figure with, you know, hair that's just like plasticky mold that's stuck and and they look jacked up like a dude. Um, So right now the the first line um, is Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, the Bella Twins, uh, Natty Neidhart, and Eva Marie. Um, they're going to be exclusive to Toys R Us. You can pre-order them now if you're lucky enough. Um, I myself did get a Sasha Banks, you know, the hometown girl from Boston. Um, so I'll be hopefully getting that soon. And they also released that there's another line. They don't really have an official name for it, but it's just another women superstar action figure line. It's not as bad as an action figure, but it's not a Barbie. It's like a in between just a toy and that one has all the ladies forementioned as well as bailey i'm trying to get my hands on a bailey that would be definitely cool because she is over like rover right now <laughs> absolutely man yeah. that's a, that's cool stuff and that's kind of a big deal revolutionary really. we've been waiting to see that stuff for a long time for wwe to get barbies you know by mattel yeah that's a pretty sense. big deal man and well it's yeah not but surprising Mike only, you know, pre-ordered him. Not he's using his daughter as like a kind of like a shield there. He's he's doing it so he can learn what lady parts look like. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> <all, laughs> my daughter just showed up on my doorstep just one like day a because doll, I don't know what lady parts. <laughs> just like a Ken doll, baby. That's, dude, I thought San Diego Comic Con was super good. I think we're gonna be talking about this for weeks to come. Yeah. Is there we'll any last second out. quick chimes that you guys want to throw in that somebody could jump on quick if they're just getting into the San Diego? comic-con deal of course you know san diego comic-con means that there are some exclusive funkos now this year there are a ton of exclusive funkos from san diego comic-con which which makes me think is it really exclusive there's so many exclusive for comic-con but hey i've been the one online trying to get my hands on some so real quick i can just chime through some we have happy happy joy joy ren and stimpy we have Scott Pilgrim. Uh, we have Baxter Stockman. We've got Stuper Daffy Duck. Um, and the list continues on, but most of the aforementioned ones are sold out right now. We have Megazords, which are obviously sold out as well. We have a Hologram Snoke, which was an Amazon exclusive. Um, that's also so that all these ones that I'm looking at that are a exclusives are sold out a pop Winnie the Pooh Tigger that's flocked which is a little bit fuzzier um, rather than just the basic plastic is um, a Barnes and Noble exclusive sold out Harry Potter of course the tick 
The list goes on and on. Chippendale. How exclusive, as you mentioned <laughs> at the right? beginning, Lord. Right Is there, it? there are so many. Um, I was able to order a Star Wars hologram Leia and R two D two two pack exclusive to GameStop. So the thing with uh, the San Diego Comic Con, you could buy them at Comic Con, but then the Wednesday of that week they release them to the public through online only orders and they like i've been saying they've been selling out online so if you can get your hands on some there's a hot topic exclusive the coon which is also sold out but if you can get your hands on them you know good for you i look forward to trying to get my hands on some as well funko pops i don't think they're going away anytime soon they're the uh pokemon cards and tamagotchis of our generation right now Ugh. most definitely <laughs> gotta get them all that strictly means that they will die in five years <laughs> yep. and you'll get all be stuck in. <laughs> buy them and sell them buy low yeah. sell high <laughs> I definitely uh, had a good show, guys. You got anything that you want to chime in before we uh, wrap this thing up and take care of trivia? Yeah, man. I was just wondering, uh, do we just do the wrestling trivia ending? Is that <laughs> the only ending? I mean, it's the only ending that makes sense. Like, let's get into it. All right, Peter. <laughs> What's the trivia question? We're ready for you, Pip. Let's go, buddy. All right, here we go. So, uh, I'm not sure what level of difficulty this is going to be this week. Um, all right, so, what wrestling company did Vince McMahon purchase that made the spotlight match of the week possible? And what I mean by that is they brought the Hart Foundation and also Davy Boy Smith into the WWF. Go ahead, Mike. Go I'm going to go with Stampede Wrestling. That yeah. was also Stampede Wrestling, and I would like to add on that Vince McMahon did not hold up his end of the deal and ended up selling back Stampede Wrestling for pennies on the dollar. Okay, you guys are both right. That was an ad. So that I got a, a good follow-up one. question. All right, All right. Good. Let's go. Now, this one's going to be a tiered one, because I believe it's going to be easy as well, okay? But here we go. Ready? Who was Davey Boy's tag team partner? Do we just say this in unison? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. WrestleMania 2. Ooh. That WrestleMania is obviously Dynamite. Dynamite Kid? Dynamite Kid. Correct. Ah, we got it. Okay. Alright, this is the this is the this is the last question. Alright. Alright. The tiebreaker for we're out of stalemate this week. What celebrity during WrestleMania 2 was in their corner? Ooh. Oh my god, that I don't know. Crap. I'm gonna guess and I'm gonna go first and totally guess so I can give Mike some more time. I can see he needs it. Yep. What was the bulldog's name? Whatever that was, that was her. That was her. Liberty. Liberty the bulldog. Dude, I'm at a loss for words. Who would have been in the bulldog's corner? I have no idea, man. Go ahead, Mike. Ozzy Osbourne. No way. Was it? Yeah. I got nothing. I'm going to say the bulldog. The bulldog was in their corner. (laughs) It was Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) What? Oh, my God, dude. Two. I'm gonna quote JBL right wow. now. I know. I, I feel like uh, a wrestling 
God. <laughs> that was oh, man. four. That was four deep. That was good a good job, one. Yeah. Hey, Pete, those were good questions, man. And they would be tough for normal uh, groups. And it took four to finally take one of us down. <laughs> but Mike, too sweet and for the win. Too Mike's up 2 0 right too now. And I'm feeling a little disappointed. But, uh, you know, guys, I had another great week, another awesome podcast. Yep. And we're going to have lots more next week. Super excited for everybody that's yep. been helping us out. Peter. Tell the people goodbye. Yeah, follow us at WPC Smash and uh, also on WPCSmash.wordpress.com. Later. Yeah, see ya. Thank you. You can find us on Twitter at WPC Smash. Or on our website, WPCSmash.wordpress.com where you can find current and past episodes, a donation button, and links for iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, brother.